Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puckcast with Jason and John. As always, thanks for tuning in and taking a listen. Yep. This is our this is our second podcast of the new year. Number two. Number two. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Pretty exciting to be back in the swing of NCHC play. Yeah, like you were just saying, it's nice to kind of we'll get. This is kind of the start of the routine for us from here on out. We're exactly pretty much you every I, week. So. Yeah, you and I were kind of in a rhythm there for a while, and then December came, and after that St. Cloud series, it was you know kind of like oh, I'll see you in a couple weeks for a holiday episode, and it. <laughs> so Mav Puck's the the Mav Puckcast suggestion is that we do away with winter breaks. <laughs> Yeah, we, we need to play and like a Saturday Monday series. Yeah, we need to play like a forty four game schedule instead of a thirty four game schedule, and, and no more Monday at noon games. We'll we'll give them one week off. They'll let them pick one weekend. They can have one weekend in the season off. Yeah, and we'll just go straight. We're not animals here. We'll no. give them a week off. We can but, give them a week, but we want to see hockey. It just it makes it easier when we're doing this podcast to stay in a rhythm. Yeah, that's right. And- we, that's what that's what really matters in this world. So uh, it's all about the podcast now. <laughs> it's all about the content on the podcast. I don't care about a song about the Benjamins. It's all about the podcast. It's all about the podcast. So our usual uh, intro to the podcast. What At, are we drinking? Everybody's favorite segment. I think I've made you go first last few times. So, so are you going to go first? I think I'm going to go first. Okay, does that work? That's right. So for those maybe who are new listeners. I don't. I, I hope we have some new listeners. That would be pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. We, Hi. <laughs> otherwise, we're going to be in the constant, you know, decline for the rest of the season. Yeah. The four of you that listen to our podcast every week. Yeah. I'm drinking something again. Yeah. Uh, you'll know that you know we try to kind of jinx them a little bit, and yeah, I struggled to find something you know with North Dakota coming in next. Uh, something that was from there. Apparently, they don't export a whole lot. They don't like to share, I guess. I don't know. I've been to Grand Forks. So, they drink a lot of beer up there. <laughs> it runs out. They don't have enough to ship. Yeah, they, they don't have enough to export uh, to Nebraska. So I was introduced to Kincader Brewery. They are in Broken Bow. So we're going to try to oh, break... Oh, Broken Bow, Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, we're going to try to break North Dakota okay. with something called Devil's Gap Jalapeno Ale. That's, it's it's great that you picked something from Broken Bow because, you know, obviously most of their fans still refer to them as the Fighting Sioux. Yes, they and do. They, and they use bow and arrows, so. When they're really the effing hawks. <laughs> they're the effing hawks. So. They are the effing hawks. Yeah, so so good. I, I like it. We, we kind of, we kind of uh, uh, spun that. We spun that uh, into a into a, a series appropriate beer so, yes from so Broken Bow. hopefully this works for us next it's got a, it's got a, a like a skull guy wearing a cowboy, cowboy outfit hat. yeah yep it looks like a dangerous beer and it you do it, it does have some heat to it does it have a kick uh yeah and it's right off the bat so okay it's jalapeno so if you don't like jalapeno i mean I okay i never picked this up in the first I'll take place your word for don't it. do it so what i'm drinking this week what do you got i'm drinking and this is a return of the drink I drank in the podcast before we swept Arizona State in November. Ooh. Hank's Gourmet Root Beer. Back to what So I brought it back. I brought Good. back the drink that we drank before the sweep. So we'll see if we can uh, get it done this week against North Dakota. I sure hope so. I do too. So let's get into a recap of the past weekend. UNO headed out west, went to the Rockies. Hopefully didn't get too much skiing in, spent their time focusing 
and played Denver for two games on Friday and Saturday. Which, which for the last uh, you know four or five seasons has been a tough, a tough out for, for UNO out there. It's been a, it's been a tough series at Denver. We can't even score goals. Like it's not like we're no. losing. We're literally getting shut out. We it's got been... shut out. What like. Four yeah. of the last six or something. It I reminds me said. of the early years of the UNO program when our travel partner in the CCHA was Alaska Fairbanks. And we would go out there every year and we could not get a win. Other teams in the conference would go out there and win. And it's not that we weren't a better team than Fairbanks some of those years, but we just couldn't get a win. And so there was one point when we got a win and that finally got a, the monkey off our backs and we started winning out in Fairbanks. So you know, going into this series, we were hopeful. Sadly, we weren't successful. No, but the team played very well this weekend. I think you would agree with that. Absolutely. I would say that it was probably the best hockey I've seen them play in Denver. Uh, I think it's just unfortunate for those maybe that, that weren't able to watch the game or something that didn't have the NCHC package or, or access to CBS Sports for Friday's game. Um, they were... Evan continued his shutout streak for what was almost eight periods of hockey. Uh, they right. were into the second when Denver scored what would be the only goal of the game and get a win one nothing on Friday. Yep. And uh, then, he made some fantastic saves on Friday. Yeah, well, and the defense played well. They did. Um, and and we'll, I, I think we'll talk a little bit more probably about that. But right. then Saturday, uh, UNO was actually winning. Yeah. For quite a bit of the game, and yep. then uh, a little over a minute left, and, and Denver got the equalizer uh, with the goalie pulled. And uh, when that happens, like 50 when that... something in 50 seconds into the overtime, I think is when. And and you see that during we've seen that you know over the years, and that happens d- during seasons. Those are those killer moments right at the end. Mm-hmm. You're holding on, trying to pull out the victory, and the other team gets the equalizer right there close to the end of regulation and it's just a momentum killer and i felt so bad for the guys because they had been working so hard all weekend they said in the uh, press conference last tuesday uh, morelli and olafson both said that one of the team's goals this season was to kind of get that monkey off their back out in denver and get a victory and i felt so bad for the guys because they had worked so hard and they played so well that game yeah and that's just one of those fluky things that happens it was it was a shot from out at the blue line by du's mitchell and it just kind of it got deflected, and it went. And it was not a high percentage shot by any means. It was no. It's just one of those pinball things. Yeah, like you just send it in the mass of people and hope that it comes out the other side. Right, and unfortunately, it did. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Evan's got no chance at some point. Like you're no. playing percentages. No, you know where the shot's coming yep. from, and you're just you're down and trying to hope it hits you. Exactly. So, yeah. And then uh, I think. I, I don't know. My opinion, the overtime goal uh, that gave DU the victory was not really Evan's fault. I mean, you always want him to make a save like that, but when you get a when you let a guy come out of the corner and cross the yeah. net, like that's on you as a defense. I mean, yeah. you needed to you needed to step up and separate him from the puck and and play a little bit more physical and. It was odd because I thought that in the two the two games up until that point that UNO was playing a pretty physical brand of hockey right. that you know, we they haven't really seen were. a whole lot this year no. from them. They looked tough uh, out there, and they were smart about it. They were in control. Yep. They didn't get you know nope. crazy 
you know, 10 minute game misconduct penalties and stuff that we've seen. No, they played really, a, they played a smart game both nights and they didn't get those stupid penalties. Right. Yeah. And, and they, they didn't make too many mistakes. No. And when they made nope. a mistake, you know, they were, they were good at supporting each other. I thought. They yep. And they well recovered well. Yep. Um, and I hate, I just, I cringe anytime a game goes to overtime. Cause it's one of those things where, you know, one or the other teams oftentimes will score right at the beginning of that overtime period, or it'll, you know, just like you can get past like the first yeah. minute and a half. Usually yep. you're, you're assured to Everybody get through that. Everybody kind of settles into a Yeah, exactly. But right yeah. then that's, yeah. It seems like with overtime, you can always tell for me, like at the first face off, because either both teams kind of settle into like, all right, we're just going to, you know, meander and and wait for an opportunity kind of play conservative hockey or one of or them. you come out like denver did saying we're yep. gonna push the pace yep. and i don't think omaha was ready for it no and i well and you have to remember at that time it you know obviously denver had the momentum mm-hmm. and that had to be just emotionally a killer when we gave up the equalizing Which, goal in the third and that was that was it was so tough because they played I, so well and you're just did. like ugh. and you know, I know the the risk reward on it is is kind of you know something that goes through a coach's head. I wish Gabnet would have had the guys come out running a little bit more on that overtime period. I think that I I kind of felt like it, a you have Denver's on a high point because they just scored to equalize it. And right, statistically speaking, a lot of times when you see a goal in overtime, it's typically the team that scored to right to equalize. Right, they've got the momentum. So you got to assume that that. Denver's got that right on their back, right? So I would have loved to see you know them load up, go high octane, you know, throw something at them that they they hadn't seen before. Like, right? I would have, I don't know. And this is just me and my coaching style, probably. Uh, but if it were me, I would have thrown out you know Olsen's the mo line, right? Yep, Morelli, Olsen, and Ward, and I would have put Weiss on the back end with one defenseman. Just to mess with DU going, what, what are they the doing? heck is the freshman doing on yeah, defense? Yeah, so David Carl's like, what are they doing out yeah. there? And just go, you know, go all out. Because at that point in time, like, if they score what? Like, we can't win in Denver. Yeah. I mean, you just had a you had a fluky goal that got you to overtime. I know. If you lose on some weird play, you know, going for it, then so be it. But I thought we played a little bit timid in that overtime. Well, and it's tough because in, in another season... The outcome in overtime might have been different, but because things have not gone the team's way this season a lot, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that that was just a rough thing because you're probably thinking, you know, in that third period, we're going to hold on, right. we're going to get the victory, we're finally going to, and that would have been that would have been, been so awesome. huge, you know, for the next couple of series this month doing that. But yeah, because they had the mo- they had the they had the yeah, first goal, right, uh, and. Do you tied it right? Because we we were never up two, right? It was one nothing one one, right? I think so, but let me I'm check. pretty sure. As you and I both are having uh, um, amnesia right now. I know it's so much. <laughs> hot. See, I got to stop watching other games because then I start like like I start watching like an East Coast hockey game and I can't remember. Oh, I know which right? team in red that I was watching. Yeah, it's you're absolutely right, and I. Okay, so let me look here. We got the box score coming up. Yeah, yep. Morelli then Finley. Yep. And then we get it back. And that's what I like. We did you know? Zach Jordan. 
had a nice goal. That was a, yeah, that was a nice power play goal. It was a pretty goal and uh, nice, nice for him to get that. And you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty good. You were worried at first that, you know, one goal might be all they'd get, but God, they played great all weekend. So I can't, I can't fault them uh, one way, way or another for the outcome this week. I mean, you know, we would have loved to have broken through at Denver, but the way that they played, I think, was better than a lot of people. It was certainly better than the commentators for both of those games thought we were going to play this weekend. Right. Yeah, I think that Friday night, Denver seemed to think like, oh, this is UNO, we'll have them. Right. Um, and I think, I'm sure Carl kind of got into their their heads and stuff for Saturday a little bit because they, they played a little bit. Denver sure. played a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday than they sure did and on Friday. Yeah. But, and, I, and I think you, UNO is a team this season when they've set their mind to proving a point and winning games. I mean, we saw it in that Arizona state series after Thanksgiving, when they want to prove a point and they want to win, these guys play really, really well together. Yeah. So how do we replicate? Like what's the point? Every I think game, it's, right? I think like, it's, I think it's, well, it's probably hard to keep that, you know, kind of emotional stamina going on a, right. on a, you know, game in game out basis. But I think they played really well. Now here's one of the things I was going to ask you about this. Okay. Somebody said, or a, a few people said on after the Saturday night game, the heartbreaking okay. loss in overtime, they said, is this, you know, they thought this might be the second worst loss in UNO hockey history. Now, somebody like me, who's been around the last 21 years and three months of this program, I didn't really look at it as kind of a historic, you know, like a historic moment kind of loss. I think in the context of this season, it was a big loss just considering how things have gone. And in the context of our recent history with DU, it was a tough loss, but I don't think, you know, historically, when you look at a lot of the losses and kind of the ebb and flow of different seasons over the years that this one was. Yeah. I don't know that I would, I wouldn't call it a bad loss. No, it wasn't like, a bad loss. And okay. I, I don't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad loss. Cause they, they played well and they just, it was an unfortunate balance. It, it, was was like, a, it wasn't one where I really felt it, like, like heartbroken or emotionally I mean, the, ripped up. I mean, you know what For I'm me, saying? the bad loss is, you know, the, okay, so a bad loss is the Boston game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And, I, and right? that's, the, yeah, and exactly. That's, that's the kind of things, when I think of a bad loss, that's the kind of games that come to my mind. And, and speaking of that same season, the end of the regular season, they were up for a series at Western Michigan. Mm -hmm. They didn't know if they were going to make the NCAA tournament in that 05-06 season at that point. And all they needed to get home ice in the CCHA playoffs, I believe, was two points at Western. Mm -hmm. And they didn't get it. I remember... As the team skated off the ice, Tomas Klempa, you know, slammed his stick into the glass as they mm -hmm. were going off because they were incredibly frustrated. And that, to me, was one of those losses that was a, it was like a tough loss or a bad loss it, that weekend. Where it's where it's in your hand and you yes. let it slip away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So those are you're types controlling of things I think your of, destiny. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of a bad loss, those are the types of things that I think of. Or you know, I've seen a, I've seen teams that were, I saw a team that was up by five goals, uh, five yeah. nothing. Uh, going into the third period and let in six goals in the third period. Sure. Um, I mean, those are the types of things like, like you had that for two periods of hockey, you were up five, nothing and you just right. turtled. Right. Like, that's a bad loss. Yeah. Th this so one, this I one, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say historically is one we'll probably even remember. I don't think a couple so. Seasons from now. Do you, oh, I think it's like, just a blip on the radar. I mean, you might, I don't know. Some people might, might remember it. I mean, I could see me remembering it just because, you know, obviously me growing we up watching Denver, kind of like yeah. it, it, these kinds of things might set into me just because I'm used to the teams, but right. I don't, 
like I don't think it's a you know a program definition. I don't even think it was it would have been a program defining win had we squeaked it out or anything like this wasn't a you, you don't necessarily know that I mean maybe that would game. have like turned the tide this season but but probably not. Probably I mean not. no. Right. It so, would have been a, a good solid kind of moral victory for a right. team that struggled this season and a team that struggled against Denver recently. So I think like in kind of like this kind of narrow context, it was, it was, but I, I just don't think Yeah. historically, I, I don't think it'll be, I think it was just, it's just fans, you know, invested and Exa- you're exactly right. Cause yeah. you had it and, and it was there and, and, and you, you know, feel then you for just the guys, get something just yeah. weird. Like it goes off a skate or something. And, it's and I know that off. it's been a frustrating season for these guys. So you, you were, thinking about the players and the coaching staff and you're thinking, I just want them to get this. This would be yeah. big for them. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to see their elation, you know, getting out of there with a win. And, um, you know, I thought they put a valiant effort trying to tie the game on Friday. I would have loved to see them, you know, tie it up and get it over to get it into overtime on Friday, but right. it just, it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Like it just didn't. And that's the, you know, hopefully the guys can, can realize like, it's not the end of the world. Just move on and, and right. keep going. And, and you guys played well. You, d- you did the things that you need to do. I'm, I'm assuming that Gavin's been preaching to it them. Was, like, it was one of the better efforts I'm this season. I'm proud of you for what you yep. did. Um, but it's also the, I think it was also interesting to see the, the change in style because right. up until Denver's series, UNO would almost always give away the blue line on a rush. Yeah. They rarely stood up in the neutral zone to try to, I mean, it's not really a neutral zone trap, but to try to prevent entry. Right. Like, it was more of a, like, let's get you in. Let's let our forwards get back and try to kind of pin you down and hem you out and then break out. And right. so um, I thought, you know, that seemed very successful against Denver. At least I, I'm curious to see if we implement the same kind of system. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So I think the next thing we want to talk about was kind of like, moving forward you know what looking ahead yeah and not not just like 10-year plan thing no uh, no <laughs> the rest of the season i think right. let's start start short term okay so for the rest of the season what does what's missing what does uno need i think the the hard thing right now and obviously when you're looking in season it's not like you can you know go and pull players off, you know, waivers and bring them in. <laughs> yeah. Or, need a, or in need the NFL, you move for, them up uh, from the plastics, plastic, plastic, I can't talk now, the practice squad or something. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. We, we need to trade for a puck moving defense. This is, and... this is going to be very interesting. Number one, I, I believe that uh, Steven Spinner is done with his six game suspension. I know we haven't talked a lot about that now. So it'll be interesting to see when he's and hopefully back. He's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. When he's back in the lineup, what, what happens right um it's hard to know what to do in season the the one thing is you look at the mo line which we talk about a lot on here because they've been the most productive line on the team and you really wish that they could get two lines chugging along and producing goals because that would make a huge difference as as you talked about in the last podcast the biggest thing this team needs and i've i think i've said it from the very very beginning is secondary scoring right um, I mean, I remember Dean Blaise's style in at North Dakota was it was it was very simple. If we're on offense, we're not having to play defense, right? And you know the whole the 
what has become the Corsi rating and this like analytical approach to stuff, you know, really stems from puck possession and puck control. Yeah, controlling and the if puck. If you have the puck, they don't. Right. The odds of them scoring a goal when you have the puck are incredibly low. And you know as well as I do, there are coaches in the NHL that that is their focus is controlling you know puck possession, puck possession. controlling right. it. Yep. Yeah. And the naysayers always point to outliers and stuff, but and there there have been teams right. that there have been teams that have dominated puck possession that have not don't scored win. very many goals and don't right. win. Yeah. Uh, so I think that our problem with that is is that we're missing we're missing that second wave. We are uh, the mo line seems to do really good at working the puck around. Right. Um, their courses are actually you know respectable. Uh, the rest of the team, not so much. Morelli and Olofsson have been big for the team this year, and you, you kind of yeah. cringe to think what the team might be like without Morelli and Olofsson, but it, it, it would be great if we could get one of the other lines. And I think that that's also the key. Is, you know, It stems into the long term, but right. you know, two of those three guys are not here next year. Right. So what is, what is the future? Like, who... Who are the players that we have now that are going to become the Morelli Olsen of the Mo line, right? We we don't know at this point. You know, Tristan Keck has had his moments this season, so we hope he'll yes. have a big senior season next year. The challenge is that he's a, had a lot of opportunities, but, you know, he's kind of failed to finish. He had a breakaway against Denver. Right. And he couldn't score. And, you know, it's those types of things. Like, is he... Can he be seen as a you know Mason Morelli reliable scorer or not? And right. I don't I don't see it yet. We and we don't know. And and again, part of that's going to depend on what the you know line combination is yep. and the chemistry of the team next year. And one guy that we talk about a lot, probably too much on the podcast, is our guy Tyler Weiss. And <laughs> that's probably my fault. You know, I yes, it, it totally, totally is your is my fault. fault. Uh, yeah, he hasn't had he hasn't kind of had a breakout game yet in his early career with the Mavs, and obviously he was you know hampered by injury early on in the season. But, yeah, got a little but, bit of a late start, but I think he's still trying to find his way. I think so too, and that'll it'll be interesting to see if he becomes the player that we think that he can be. Right, and yeah, you know, I've talked to a number of people. You know, obviously our our guest star from. A few podcasts ago, Connor and I were talking right uh, before one of the game, and he had mentioned, you know, how he noticed that uh, that Tyler would get into the zone, and he's like, he'd do this little button hook thing, right, and there's no one, right, or he'd make this great move through a defenseman, and then then what? Like, right, there's no one there to, there's no support, there's no help, right. um, there's no one there and, to pick up the rebound or pick up the Part of it is is he's a very fluid skater, so you need someone who's you know not just average. Like you're gonna need someone above average probably to give him an instant option in the zone, right? Uh, and then he's not big, so you can't expect that he's gonna grind you know goals out. I know he's working on it and stuff, but I just don't expect him, and I don't see him as the type of player that's gonna you know set up camp in front of the 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 net and get these. You know, garbage goals, he's gonna, right? He's going to play down low and get yeah. the, you know, the the That's, dirty and yeah, yeah. kind of goals in he's there. Yeah, dangle through the guy's legs, break his ankles. Yeah, and exactly. Right over the <laughs> exactly. And, and they were That's talking the kind about of guy we expect him to be. exactly. And they were talking in the you know news conference this week about how you know yeah, I'm really throwing him under the bus. Thanks. Yeah. 
Well, shit. they were talking. They were talking about how uh, Noel Bernier's focus has really been, you know, scoring kind of uh, at the net front. You know, net focusing front scoring, on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the collapse score. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I think something I'd like to see them do, and I know if Gabnet listens to this, he's going to like pound his head against the wall or well, something. Depending on what happens, it might be worth a shot at that point. Yeah. I I still think you put Conley, Weiss, and Spinner. Yeah, you've you've been talking about that. I want, I, I I want to shot. see the line. I want Con- him to do it. Conley has played game. really well. He has, and he's he's got good size. I think he's the type of player that could do well as. Right. I don't know that he's gonna, you know, he's just gonna set up shot, but no. I like the way he skates. So I see yeah. he's the kind of guy that can kind of go in and out, yep. in and out, and and cause some traffic and, and some havoc in there. And when you've got Tyler dangling the puck over there, yep. and then you've got Spinner, who I think Spinner's a better goal scorer than than some people give him credit to. I think, yeah, I think he's better than we've seen this season. I've heard like there are some issues with him, you know, with other players and stuff. And then we have some no, chemistry things. We but, have no idea why he was suspended. We're, I'm, I'm we still don't know that. Speculate, but, but hope I, I think he'll be back for this series, but Hopefully. we don't know. So, you know, maybe, maybe some production, maybe on right. a, a line with someone as creative as, yeah, we, you know, maybe that breaks him out of the funk and, and gets him because he doesn't, he hasn't been performing this year as he did in the past. And I think no. that he's underperforming. I think last year was, was kind of more on par with what I would expect to see out of him. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, I just like to see him with someone who can get him back up to that level. I would. I would too. He's a great player. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a junior. Is he? I think he's a senior. Is he a senior? I think so he's a senior. It's my one chance. Come on, coach. Give me, me my shot. Let me, let me double check on that. I'm pretty sure. You might be right. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I'm working on it. <laughs> yep, he's a senior. He's a senior. See, so, coach, this is my one shot. Just do it for one game. <laughs> if I'm right, at least give me some credit, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to ask for payment or anything. It's... Yeah. What's it going to hurt at this point in time, right? Like, yeah, give it a shot. Throw the, throw the line together and, give it and a let shot. Me see how I do. And if it, if it doesn't work, we will do a, you know, mea culpa here on the podcast and we'll be like, we're really sorry that we suggested that coach. The armchair Never coaching to needs to stop. Anything yep. that we have to say again. But yeah, I think it, it just, you know, as we talk about this season and then we look ahead a little, I mean, you and I have heard from a number of people, different people in our case. Yep. Not to expect the team to, you know, be able to win for another, you know, three two, seasons, three. two, three years. Yeah. I mean, depending on, depending on the source, it seems yeah. to vary. I've, I've heard as much as five. I, I, I know it's, a, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of, you're, you're guessing at, at what's going to happen and, and right. And at, anything that you deal with beyond three years, I mean, you're talking about trying to anticipate what recruiting looks it, like. You could, you could, as we've talked about for any team in any sport at any level could say that they're going to be good three years from now. And they very well could be could good, be. For the, but that's, that's a long time. And there are so many intangibles mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of turnover and personnel um, on your roster at that point. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's just kind of a low balling thing that's going around. Like let's, you know, kind of let's, let's keep the expectations low. So then if we surprise next season, but it's going to be hard next season. Cause we've got, you know, minimum 10, 11 guys, coming in next season could right. be could be more could be could be could be i i was looking it, at the other day could be around could 13 be <laughs> guys it could potentially I don't, you know you never know don't know yeah. what we do if it's less but it yeah exactly be, i mean i you could yeah. always lose a recruit so yeah you never know 
And so, and I'm trying to think of the guys that we've, um, let me look here. I mean, of the guys that we've, you know, we've had a number of those guys sign of yeah. the recruits that we've had this, this fall. They've well, the signed. ones for next year, they've signed an actual NLR. Right. And right. there's some guys who've committed here uh, right. recently, Matt Miller from um, the Sioux City Musketeers, who was previously a Michigan State uh, recruit. Right. Uh, I think back in 15, he had committed to Michigan State. So he's uh, going to be coming in, it uh, looks like, in 2019. So he's another forward that they're bringing in. So it looks like they're... So I think what you're getting at is, is you know, not just the season now. Let's look at what we need. Down you know, the road. Down yeah. the road, right? Yeah. So I think that... The two things I'd say that we need as more of like a long-term thing for this team. Right. I think one is diversification. Right. We seem to rely, and it may just be, you know, because you're having to rebuild so much. You have so many seniors graduating and, and you're having to bring in so much talent. Uh, the USHL is right. the, you know, the local U.S. kids and stuff right. uh, that are playing locally at least. Uh, are the easiest fruit to grab, right? They're the low-hanging fruit. They're the low-hanging fruit. And while that's easy, it, I, I don't know that there's very many kids... You, you Like you talked right. about 11 that are coming in. I, I'm not confident that very many of those 11 are the long-term build-a-program-around kinds of kids. You, 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 I don't know that necessarily you're getting a Jake Ginsel type of a player necessarily right. in that group. right. You know, so it'll be, you're absolutely right. It'll be interesting. And, and the, the coaching staff, as they recruit, are going to have to get creative. They're going to, as you know, we were talking about before the podcast, right. they're going to have to look at guys in Canada. Yeah. That might be a little well, bit off the beaten path. Or you know? even, you know, even look beyond that. Go back to some of, you know, go back to some of your roots in, right. in some European hockey leagues and see if you can yep. get some kids who want to come over. Finnish and... players, Czech mm-hmm. players. Yep. Yeah. Or even, uh, you know, I know it's hard. Like I understand the the recruiting things, and I, I've talked to people who do this that that have told me that like the hardest recruit to get is to try to go into the Swedish and Finnish elite leagues, sure, and try to get some of the kids out of there to come to the U.S. because the level of hockey that they're able to play out there is just so much higher. Uh, so you're really looking at kids that are are not on an NHL um, board to to come out here and say, you know, the appeal is look, come here, play. In our case, you know, I think one of Omaha's pitches is come to the small town where the fans are committed and you're eight hours away from four NHL clubs. It's an easy place for them to say, wow, this kid's doing good and he's just down the road. Let's go take a look. So I think they've got some sales that they can do there on that. I just know that it's it's a tough thing to do, but it would be nice to see them expand. You know, we talked about Canada. Canada, I think, is an right. easy one to get into and, and, and try to get some of the kids from there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... And he's already gotten guys out yeah. of those leagues. Yeah. And, and, and some different... guys from Alberta where he's, mm-hmm. you know, coached the past past few years before he yeah. came to UNO. Uh, we seem to be fairly heavy on, on Midwest kids. And I yep. know, again, low-hanging fruit. It's easy to drive up there, but... Um, it'd be interesting to see them bring in some Northeast kids. Yeah. You know, we don't get a lot of, uh, new England type players here over the years in the CCHA. We got quite a few guys from Michigan, obviously, cause we were in a conference with all the Michigan schools. I think right. that's appealing 
to the players and the parents because the parents can more easily come watch the kids when they're on the road. And and obviously in recent years in the WCHA and NCHC, we've gotten guys from uh, the Minnesota high school ranks, which has been, you know, important for our team. There's Minnesota Lakes, the, the, you know, the... The lake teams. But some, uh, but some of the, the most intriguing league, yeah. players, like you look at, uh, you know, Denver in recent years, they had that Pacific Rim line, mm-hmm. which a bunch of guys from out there. So, you know, obviously they're getting guys from non-tradition. Tyler Weiss is from um, North Carolina. North I believe. Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're getting guys from those non-traditional, non-traditional places. Non-traditional, yeah. And it's, Austin I mean, Ortega it's was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Ortega was there, you know, he came in before... West Coast hockey was right. really something to look at. And that's a, you know, that's an interesting area because the other thing that I would say that we need is we need these kids that are uh, fast skaters, good goal scorers, right? Like the Austin Nurtig. Right. You know, a little bit more size would be nice. You know, something that fits into the system maybe a little bit differently uh, than Austin did. But, you know, we, I think you go out there and you find these kids that, that play inline and ice and, right. and that have grown up out there. Like it's an interesting kid to bring in and it's a you know you may not have a whole lot of competition out there uh so i think i think we need to diversify i think we need to you know not get into this trap of like we always recruit from the same teams or the same areas or something right because i know Um, coaches always have there are certain you know junior teams that they kind of end up you know doing a pipeline with yeah because they have a relationship in some way with the coach or with yeah yeah. or or one of the coaches used to work for them yeah it makes absolute sense but I think, you know, you know, bigger picture, I think the coaches are going to have to be, get creative with their systems. I think yep. they're going to have to get creative with some of their line combinations because ultimately this is kind of a make it work moment. You've got to make it work with the guys you have. Right. Because <clears throat> you know how in this, you know, kind of wretched <clears throat> social media world that we live in. And, right. And obviously it's it's not the days before the social side, yeah. media or the, the days 19, year, 19 years ago this month we started mavpuck.com. So it's not the years before Mav Puck when, you know, you didn't have all the chatter online. It's you've you've got to find a way to win. And by win, I'm not saying win a national championship, but you've got to find a way to win and have respectable results in a season, you know, in the near term as much as you can. I mean, I think people when, understand the rebuilding aspect right. of things. But I also say that it's not so much the winning too as, as much as it is being competitive. Yeah, you know, we got we got swept in Denver, but yep. it doesn't it it didn't it, it didn't feel no it didn't feel bad because we were competitive. We it, were in those games. We had it wasn't a it wasn't like some of those series in October, November where we just we got crushed. We got and crushed. It looked like yeah, yeah, it looked like we we weren't going to win another game. Like we don't belong in this league. This yeah, series, no. it's 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 not a an, uh, a negative thing to right. lose to the number three team in the country in their barn at all. And they were very competitive when you, when you in that series. When you don't let in seven and exactly four or something like right, right. And so that's so what they have to be. They to beat have the number to be. Three team, right. I mean, they have to be competitive. And I, having lived through these kind of periods in UNO hockey before, it always turns into kind of a you know a loyalty factor. You know, you, fans, you've got to buy into what's going on, and you've got to buy into the stuff. And I and I get that, but we've also have to see results and see progression. And and as we've been talking about kind of ad nauseum here, the Denver series looked like progression from what we've seen in the first half of the, the season. Right. I think the last thing I would say about like future vision kind of thing right. is we need to be the type of team that is a middle conference team at the worst. 
Right. Like, I don't want to see a team that swings from, you know, top four to bottom two. Right. And, you know, right now, record-wise, you know, we're bottom two. Well, exactly. And you look at, like, a Colorado college the past several seasons here, mm-hmm. and they keep talking about, you know, they've got a lot of young players. Eventually, they'll get good. We really haven't seen evidence of that yet. And so, you know, maybe in a couple more seasons, they'll be good and they'll be ready to go. But at the end of the day, you've got to find a way to be competitive. And like you said, I'm not looking for, you know, you know, a 25 win season. I'm just looking to be competitive in that middle of the pack race because you do that. Fans will be content as long as you're able to stay competitive in the conference race each year. Right. And have a chance. Right. You know, as fans, we'd like to see you know, a home ice playoff series. Sure. So hopefully we can get there. Exactly. I, I think that that would be good, but it's, uh, you know, when you listen to people, they talk about, you know, how rough it's going to be. And that's, it's tough. It's tough to kind of mentally prepare yourself for that. It's, uh, it's tough to kind of spin that. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's obviously in a podcast like this, it's tough to know what to say in that regard. And I, I don't know what'll happen and you don't know what will happen. And none of us really know what will happen, but I think, Hopefully we'll we'll see some results in the near term, and and I think the second half of the season is an opportunity to see kind of where the program is. It will be interesting. It will be very interesting to see. <laughs> <laughs> so wrap up here with uh, what to expect from North Dakota. North Dakota. This is an interesting one because obviously the North Dakota fans right now, in particular on Twitter, a lot of them aren't happy. They did sweep Colorado College. Those games were close, but that was, you know, both of those games went to overtime, but that was a good sweep for the program. Right. After getting swept out at Canisius, I know, um, or Canisius. Canisius. I know a lot of people were, um, a lot of North Dakota fans were disappointed after that series. And I honestly, I was kind of surprised that they got swept out there by an Atlantic hockey team. I think it's encouraging to see that both of the CC games at North Dakota, it took overtime. Right. They were both very competitive games. And we get them at home. Right. So it's not their world. It's not their barn. Right. And and this was a series that I think you and I looked at and we thought, looking at the January slate of games, that was obviously our one home series this month. I think we thought this is a series that they can be competitive in. Well, and I think that... I mean, we hope they can be competitive in, but I think we think... Going into it, I said if they could split at Denver... Right. ...and sweep North Dakota at home, I mean, that puts us in such a good position. That put us in a really good... That Yeah, that would have put us in a really good position. Obviously, we didn't get the split. We almost got the split at Denver. Right. But I think this North Dakota series is big. I think it's big for the rest of the second half. I think it helps you know set the tone in upcoming games. Right. You know, because if... Fighting Hawks come in. Effing Hawks. The effing Hawks come in and sweep us. It could be rough. It could be, yeah. But I also look at you look at the other games on slate. I mean, you've got the you've got the Rocky Mountain Showdown. You've got Denver split. Right. So they'll they'll do one game in in Denver and then do one game in Carlos Springs. Right. And so. If Denver can can sweep Colorado College out of both of those things, that would help us. You know, we won't be a basement sure. team. 
uh, no matter what happens, which is good. Uh, Miami has to play Duluth. Right. So if Miami doesn't pick up points in Duluth and UNO finds a way to we have sweep an opportunity. North Dakota, yeah. Yeah. That's six points, and that'll right. put us two points ahead of Miami. I mean, that's big. That it's puts big. us the thing solidly is, in the thing is the we sixth slot. don't want to let North Dakota in particular get too much of a too much of a gap on us right now because they're they're sitting at fifteen points. We're sitting at eight points. Mm-hmm. Miami's at twelve, and you never know what Miami's going to do. They could go into. I mean, they played Western Tough this weekend. They could go into. Duluth and surprise them. Yeah, who knows? I I don't think that that'll happen, but you know who knows. And I so mean, that's the thing scenario, we don't we don't want to we don't want to have too big of a hole to try to have right. to dig out of because at some point it becomes kind of an act of of futility. Oh, I mean, they're if we get if North Dakota wins both of these games, I don't see a way to dig out because we're I don't too far behind. Right. Uh, but if we can find a way to win both of them, we're a point back in North Dakota. With a series to play against them again. Yep. Because we're going to have to go up to UND. And I mean, then you're looking at like just split and find a way to get a couple more points than them right. there, or there or something where, you know, you get to play Kara College or you get to play Miami and you can, you know, get a sweep and they have to play Duluth and they get a split or something like that. I mean, you can find a way to, to maybe leapfrog them a little bit. Yeah, I don't good. know it's... that we get over St. Cloud, Western Michigan, Denver, and Duluth, but... I mean, if we could be a solid five team, I think that if, would they, be if they could just the stay competitive in that points race, mm-hmm. I think we would see good things happen the rest of the season. That's the that's the big thing because we've seen teams that have gotten out of the point race, and they're just not very competitive, you know, in those games in February and March, yeah. you know, because then I think the mindset becomes, oh well, we'll just you know we'll regroup for the conference playoffs and try to, and I think at that try point, to make a run, yeah. right. It's, it's awfully tough to kind of, you know, turn that on. So that'll be the interesting thing, Jason. I mean, I think, you know, that the, the last three weekends of the season, we, you know, we have St. Cloud Denver, and then we go to North Dakota. So that'll be a, that's going to be a tough stretch of games. So whatever we can do here within the next few series in North Dakota at Duluth, you know, Western and Miami and at Miami, we've proven that we can beat Western and Miami. Right. So, you know, we've got to do what we can. We're five, four and one at home this season. Not a, not a stellar record, but their last two series at home, they are their last, I guess their last series in particular at home, I guess they struggled against Colorado college, but our last, yeah. But Colorado college is playing a much They're a decent team. Yeah type of hockey than north dakota is. they are i think the key is is you know they take away from from denver that they have talent they can yep. compete in this league and hopefully the fans turn out and you know it's not a building half full of and we need we need fans. great goaltending this this kind of reminds me a little bit of the the uh frozen four season not that mm-hmm. you know we're anywhere near the frozen four but it reminds me Ryan Massa, that was his senior season, that was his last campaign, and he played really, really well, and he put this team on his shoulder at certain points during that season, and I think for this team to have success, Evan, not to put too much pressure on him, but I think Evan's going to have to do that, because I think... He needs he needs to make some big saves, the yep. defense needs to make sure that he doesn't have to make too many of those big saves. It was tough, what, he, he stopped like 70 shots this weekend? Yeah. It? Yeah. That's not... That's not... can't be... Yeah. He needs to be... 60 right you know 
55 to 65. Try to minimize those opportunities in our defensive zone. Yeah. And get some support. I mean, we need to score goals for him so that yeah. he's not in a situation where one bad bounce means we lose it a game. It would be great if guys good. like Keck and Jordan could get going because they've, they've both been, yeah, they've both been uh, solid yeah. players for us over the years. Or like and, we talked about earlier, break Spinner out of his slump and, yeah. you know, put him that with would Conley. help a lot, right? Put him with Conley and Weiss on a line. And that's yeah. the solution right there. Like, See, clearly. It, yeah. I mean, it's obvious. Like, they should have fan choice for a line, yeah. <laughs> well, since, this, it since could be we're a not fundraiser. doing things like Skate with the Mavs, we might as well do something new. Like I don't know what's going on with Skate with the Mavs. That's um, been an annual tradition since they moved into their own arena, and I know that that's yeah. a nice event that uh, we've taken our nieces and nephews to. It's a great opportunity, and they they have probably like, announce it minutes before we release this podcast. Uh, I'm, we'll I'm sure that, like, yeah, I'll probably, yeah, it'll happen, to, <laughs> it'll happen tomorrow morning. Yeah, we're really... <laughs> At the time of this podcast recording, <laughs> we have not heard a word about them doing the skateboard. No, test. people who have checked, uh, I believe including your wife, said she that they it was not on the schedule, so they weren't sure about it at this point in time. But there may I be an did. announcement for the North Dakota series. You know, you just don't. Never know. So, I it's know. always the, the usual, well, there's nothing that we know about now, but we'll look into it for you. Yes. And never call you back. I know. So. That's right. Any oh we needed to do predictions. All right, oh yeah, so, so we got. So we talked about the North Dakota yes. series, but do you? What do you think? I think I'll be bold this week. I think I'm going to go with UNO sweeping. Ooh, okay. UNO's played well at home. I did mention that Colorado College series, but we've had our last three series. Two of those series were sweeps against a good Arizona State team, which did not help us by you know losing out at Cornell this week. <laughs> yeah. Um. And we swept Alaska Anchorage, which is not a great team, but that was a good post-holiday. And we worked off some rust, and it obviously yep. helped the club going into Denver. So so I'm going to think the guys, the guys played really well this weekend at Denver, and I think that think they, they are going to play well. I think that you look statistically, I think that on paper anyway, North Dakota is a team that we should be able to beat at home. And I think if the guys play like they did at Denver, and I think we get some scoring from the Mo line mm-hmm. and maybe some scoring uh, from the second and third lines. I think we can sweep North Dakota this weekend, which I think would be great. I think it put the team back in the hunt. And that's what we need to kind of give them a little yeah. bit of momentum going into the second half. Because, to play for. Yeah. you know, if we go the polar opposite and get swept, it could be rough the next couple okay. months. I... <clears throat> I really want to be on your bandwagon. Right. I really want to. I know. I know what you're thinking. I, I completely and I completely <laughs> like, understand. Yeah. Like, I know people people give me a hard time because they're like, what do you know? Uh, I I really want to say that they're going to be able to do it, but I just don't. I don't see it. So what do I you think, see happening? I think we win on Friday. I think that okay. we continue the play that we had in denver okay. i think they come home they're you know it's that that whole you know my own bed thing right uh and you know north dakota's pretty good rivalry for us so i think they'll be up and ready yeah for north dakota um so i got i think we win on friday but we lose on saturday because i have a feeling that north dakota is just there's talent there and i don't know that they're gonna let themselves come into 
Omaha. It'll and be very walk out interesting. With no points. They're a team that's kind of had to, you know, sort of take it on the chin recently. They haven't mm-hmm. performed this season. And if you look at the second half of last season, as well as people expect from that program. So I will say that if I'm wrong and we do sweep them in both games, I have a feeling it's a close game and we get a lucky bounce this time rather than I, like the Denver game where they got a lucky bounce. I think you could be right. So I could see something like that happen where, you know, it's right. late in the third, we're playing a 2-2 game and they make a mental mistake or it's some weird, you know, yep. you go to pass the puck, you know, something crazy like like we find Spinner on the wing and he goes to pass yep. the puck across and it goes off the defenseman's, you know, foot yep. through the five hole and in, right? Like something weird, crazy like that that's like not how we plan this to go, but the puck's in the net and I don't sure. care. We'll take a little puck luck. I'll take you never that. Know. Yeah. yeah. And we haven't had a ton of it, so maybe now is the time for it. Maybe the hockey gods need to need to shine down shine on us favorably bit, right? on us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I'll take the I'll take the split right now, okay. and hope that you're right. Not smart me. choice. I'm going with the I'm going with the sweep. You go with the so sweep. So get it done, Mavs. There we go. That's right. So if you guys would like to listen to back episodes of this podcast, you can find all of those at mavpuck.com. 13 on of our them. Po- yeah, on our podcast. We've done a really good job this season, by the way. I think so, too. We've done, I think we did more than we thought. Too. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's you know, pat ourselves on the back. I think we did more than we thought we were going to do. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you guys on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find all links to or all of our social channels on mavpuck.com. And be sure to ask us questions and interact with us i know nobody wants to ask us questions but next season we're going to get that going for sure so that you and i can just do a q a segment and yeah we're gonna like we'll do it like a live tweet session or something we'll just have it we'll let them know exactly what time we're going to record something and And they can oh yeah that's a good idea yeah just be a whole like yeah we're about ready to record live yeah tweet your questions now it's a good idea next year looking forward to it you guys keep us going we need to yeah exactly (laughs) We need to just record during the game, so <laughs> that's because that's when most of the people are on Twitter. So yeah. <laughs> bring your equipment up to uh, section two sixteen, we'll and we'll get that done. The, yep, up all those stairs and borrow the plug in. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully, we see a bunch of you out this weekend at Baxter Arena for the series with North Dakota. We need everybody there cheering and getting loud to counteract all of the North Dakota fans that are sure to be in town this yep. weekend. They, they travel well. That's right. So go maps. Go maps.